Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Welcome to the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I'm excited. I'm your host, John, <laughs> and with me as always is our very own Harry Carey, the Nate Morales. Nate, it is hard to believe that we would have wanted to do anything but buy a plane ticket to Colorado and party with Johnny from Harpo's after our last conversation uh, last week. But we made adult decisions, and we stayed at home, and we're bringing another show to you people. Did you did you have people in, in high school or whoever that were like, man, I'm going to go to college in Colorado. And you're like, why? Skiing isn't that cool. And now I get it. Now it's like... Yeah. If I could turn back time. Right, yeah, I absolutely did. Or like the like like the one kid who went to ASU and you're like, why are you going to Arizona for college? And then you're like, well, Oh, I see now... the party videos. <laughs> yeah, now I get it, yeah. Uh, no, I totally get it, man. Awesome stuff going on this week. Uh, we have a hit in our mailbag. Another hit uh, from our official, unofficial, official content coordinator, Bryn. <laughs> Uh, he's writing in and we continue our management series. I don't know if people notice this, but this is number two in our, uh, in our series of shows where we're going to be talking to owner owners and management from across the country. Um, and it will continue until our very special 100th episode. And tonight we welcome a very special guest joining us all the way from not your Kansas, John, but our Kansas, Arkansas. <laughs> we're going to bring another one of the good ones in, uh, of amateur soccer, Jonathan Wardlaw from Jonathan Wardlaw from uh, Little Rock. John, let's just hit the gas and get going. Let's just do this. Let's get into All it. All right. All right. So mailbag, right? Mailbag. He could not let Jake from Toledo get away with asking a question without following <laughs> up with another one out of his own. <laughs> so we have another one from Bryn in our mailbag, and he writes, I usually don't follow high school soccer too closely, but this year, my old high school... This is Bryn's old high school, St. Paul Central, has made turno- has made the tournament for the first time in 15 years, so he is pretty pumped. Congratulations, St. Paul Central. And Bryn. It. And Bryn, yeah. <laughs> Not sure if the new pod will come out in time to make this question relevant. You know who else went to St. Paul Central? is Twinkie Jiggles from the current morning show. Anyway, not sure if this <laughs> new pod will come out in time to make this question relevant, but who hold are... On, hold on, hold on, hold on. That that comment alone is why I like you, Nate. Because <laughs> I just know like, things. You just know shit that no one cares about. <laughs> hey, you know my friend Sean McPherson also went to Central. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Bryn wants to know who are our picks to win the one A and two A boys MSHSL state tournament. Bryn go, is going with Stillwater in two A and Blake in one A. He says, my picks are more gut choices than deeply researched ones. I know you're watching a shit ton of college soccer, John. He's talking to you. I honestly don't know how you watch that many games per week, but have you been able to catch any high school games? Any up-and-coming players on City's radar? Here we go. Let's answer Uh, this question. 
Okay, Bryn, once again, thank you so much for being a curator of content on our our humble show here. Uh, typically, I don't watch a ton of high school soccer in the, in, in the grand scheme of soccer ranks because we just don't have too many slots for players that have kind of uh, yet to be aged into that sweet spot um, that we, we provide a, mm. a home for. But, yes, I have checked out a few games. I, I've taken in a De La Salle match to support Coach Pribble. I caught a Lakeville North game to see assistant coach Trey Benhart do his thing. Um, I also checked in on Tatino Grace as well as uh, North St. Paul under the helm of one Justin Oliver to kind of name a few games. So that's that kind of that's something crazy, first of all, that we don't point out is that our guys from City go on over the course of the year. Trey's coaching in Lakeville. And Justin's coaching in North St. Paul? Yep. And there's uh, Martin Brown Jr. is assistant coach at De La Salle. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few guys that are... We should are, give them some props a little more often. I mean, maybe we'll do a, 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 yeah, a, a coach's... We do a lot of city something. at school, but we don't do, like, adults. City, <laughs> city, at, city at their job. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna check in on Nick Hutton selling <laughs> selling shit. Basically, or, or yeah, or Tim Wills doing finance. I ran into Nick Hutton at Starbucks, and we both hate <laughs> our professional lives. <laughs> so um, the talent, <laughs> the talent that we monitor from a high school ranks usually comes through us from the club coaches. So not necessarily from the high school coaches. Um, so when we reach out to these club coaches. Um, they let us know the types of players that we should be looking at that are aging into our system. So I'm not out necessarily trolling for like 15 year olds, um, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in high school soccer because I want to see what the 17, 18 year olds are doing mm-hmm. so that we can keep them on our radar at when they, when they go into, into college so we can get them prepared. Cause as people know, we, I mean, we've had plenty of high school players come through our, our ranks before we had the U23 team, but now even more so than yeah. we have the U23 team. Well, one other um, thing, too, on that, John, is like it's it's easier for you to have a few sources of, of information that can kind of summarize stuff for you and say, here, yeah. are my, here are my five guys, because it's it's literally impossible to to watch a good number of high school soccer games. I mean, even if you had the programs identified that – you'd want to pay attention to that's still like 20 plus right yeah like across the entire state and there's yeah. no way i'm going to be able to get that they don't stream their games online so i physically have to go to them so it's it's different right yep. um so but you know to kind of get into the the second part of the, the question here um uh I don't really have a dog in the hunt here when it comes to who's going to win the state titles. So definitely can't answer that question. Um, but I do feel Tatino Grace, from what I saw, has some real next-level talent, which puts me into the next part of your question, Bryn. Um, the one player that I have on my radar, or we collectively, is uh, Herbert and um from the aforementioned Tatino Grace. Uh, he is like a, uh, a dynamic striker who's committed to the University of Indiana. And he's a once-in-a-generation type finisher out of high school. Um, so he's definitely one that we're, we're, we're keeping our eye on. And although 
we have yet to kind of get officially in contact with him in particular um, to get him in the mix with the Crows. Uh, we have reached out and we're going to kind of wait until the season's his high school season's over, uh, which will be in short order here soon before we start kind of giving him this, the, the pitch on, on why we'd be a good spot for him. So hopefully that answers your question. John, I don't, I don't follow the high school soccer scene at all. Well, uh, why would you? I don't even know what the difference between 2A and 1A are. But I, I don't either. <laughs> but I do know that Totino Grace is named after Totino's Pizza. Come on. No way. Fucking Google it, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so is he like an alumni Pizza or what? Pizza Roll Grace. Yeah, man, I had to look. Because someone told me that. And I was like, no way. Just like you. And it turns out that the Totino couple... Jim and Rose, they uh, they donated a they whole bought a t- high school. <laughs> they basically bought a high school, and so in 1980, the number of the amount the donate they donated so much money that they renamed the high school Totino Grace. And Grace Come on, is that's actually a lie. yeah, Grace is actually a bishop. You should go to Wikipedia. I swear to God, I swear to Totino. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but anyway, maybe once once my kid grows up and starts competing at the high school level, I'll start following more closely. But I'll tell you what, I do know that Central is playing tonight in St. Cloud. Uh, a friend of the family's kid is on the team, and I love it when a, a Minneapolis or a St. Paul like city team makes the tournament because all that diversity and the different play style can really fuck up some suburban white boys. Like it just blows their minds. So, <laughs> so good luck to young young Micah and the Central Squad. I hope they won tonight. Uh, speaking of suburban white boys, though, I also know that Stillwater is a perennial powerhouse. And if I were a true bullshitter, John, I would say I agree with Bryn that Stillwater has the size of the humans. They've got huge humans on that team. And they've got the on-field organization to take that title. So there's your answer, Brent. I agree with you on Stillwater. Go Central. <laughs> what? You don't agree with him on Stillwater. Get you guys got to look up Totino Grace, I'm telling you. It's named after the pizza. Uh, we're going we're gonna to listen to this show in the uh, the archives in like five years when Olin's <laughs> playing high school soccer. And we're going to ask you again if you still think that Stillwater and their large humans are going to win the state title. That was legitimate... <laughs> Get get out of here, dude. That's legitimate analysis. <laughs> oh, All shit. right. So <laughs> I've talked in the past about how much fun I had at the owners meeting in New Orleans last year. But outside of all of the fun that I may or may not remember, I did meet some really cool people in uh, that are in the game. And today's guest is one of the good ones, too. I did have a chance to meet and speak at length with uh, about the ups and downs of four-tier soccer. Um, and we'll for sure learn more about a few things that go down in middle America here shortly. But we're pleased to welcome Jonathan Wardlaw, the owner of Little Rock Rangers. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how are things in Arkansas? Oh. Well, they're good. They're good. They're, uh, you know, as as we kind of mentioned off air earlier, we're just kind of going through the the gearing up for the 2019 season, getting uniform design concepts done, and um, you know, you're starting to get the, uh, you know, the the players are starting to touch base and things like that. So you know, it's the the owners' meetings are getting planned. So you know, it's, it's the the buzz is starting back up. So it's it's getting exciting around here. Nice. Starting to get the starting to get the itch again, right? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so before we start with like the hard hitting journalism questions, um, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what your background in the game is, and and what in God's name made you want to become an owner of a lower division soccer team? <laughs> yeah, I ask myself that every day, I think. But um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, just uh, I guess a brief history of. You know, Arkansas has never really been a, a hotbed for uh, soccer. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a relatively small guy. So, you know, growing up in the mouth-breathing traditional sports south, um, I wasn't going to play basketball or football or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, 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 I did a lot of skateboarding and soccer playing growing up. And, uh, you know, I we... I guess my age group, I'm 43, so my age group and I guess younger were kind of the, the first soccer kids that, um, you know, that, that kind of started playing more competitive travel soccer. And, um, you know, we had, as, as I got to be, you know, in high school, uh, our club team had gotten better and we were going out of state and playing tournaments, but it we would we would have success in the state but then i mean we'd go short distances like to memphis and we'd get beat pretty bad so um you know we just kind of accepted it as that's what it was well you know you flash forward 30 years and i have uh, a 13 year old and a nine year old and they're both in the classic you know competitive soccer and it's the same thing uh that it was 30 years ago when i was playing so uh, you know, I was like, something's got to change. And, and, you know, so a bunch of us dads are just sitting around complaining at practices and this and that, trying to solve the world's problems. And, <laughs> you know, we, we're just, one of the things we came up with was that, you know, just some of these kids, we, we lose a lot of the nine and 12 year olds to, um, to the more traditional sports uh, at about that age. And, you know, we, the Razorbacks are pretty much, the professional sports franchise of yeah. the entire state. So, you know, there, there's not a men's Razorback soccer program. Um, so, you know, we were like, maybe we should come up with some sort of a semi-pro, you know, minor league soccer program that, that these kids maybe could aspire to. And, you know, we're not going to keep every kid in the sport, but if we could keep a handful in, that's, you know, a small victory. Yeah, you're just so, trying to be some role models. Yeah, so um, anyway, uh, I was just kind of the idiot, I guess, that took the wheel and <laughs> raised <laughs> your hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, so here I am, um, you know, talking to guys in Minneapolis. That's right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you know, I've been in North uh, Northwest Arkansas a couple times for for, for uh, work, of course, uh -huh. because of Walmart. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's a lot like it's pretty cool, man. It's a lot like Minneapolis. It's just people have a different accent. People, yeah, people might go to church more. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, there's a lot of real trendy. Look, like the bar scene is really cool down there. A lot of good, uh, like good cocktail bars. A lot of good whiskey bars. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's I you know it depends on where you go. That whole part of the state is really it, it's it's different. You know, and the I guess the business model or whatever you want to call it um, stranglehold that Walmart has on the world. Um, I don't know if you're uh, aware of it, but if, if Walmart sells your product in any of their stores, you physically have to have a rep from your company live. Living down there, yep. 
living in Bentonville so that you're, you know, at their beck and call. So it's, it's pretty cool that it bring you know, there's people from all over the world now living in um, this small little area up there. So, uh, you know, it's, it is, like you said, I mean, you're, you're stuck up in the hills and um, it, it's, you know, the, the scenery is really pretty, but at the same time, it's, it's pretty advanced as far as uh, just, you know, what they have to offer. Yeah. So uh, we, we know from talking to owners and players from around the country over the last couple of years that soccer is a little different everywhere you go. The culture is a little bit different. The scene is a little bit different. And like you mentioned, you're right in the middle of SEC country. Um, college football mm-hmm. is really king down there uh, with the Razorbacks and Pig Suey and all that. But what is <laughs> right. what is the soccer scene like down there? Well, you know, there there really wasn't a scene um, until we got started, and I, I had absolutely no idea what I was going into. Um, <laughs> like I, all I, of us, I, right? I really did. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't. Um, I, that first game, I, I, I say this all the time, and it's kind of, you know, corny, but I mean, I literally, because, you know, we have a deer in our crest, but I mean, I was a deer in headlights um, <laughs> for that first that, that, whole basically the first owners meeting i went to um all the way until our first game and um when we joined the league memphis was starting a team as well and so i met those guys at the owners meeting and just said hey you know we're right down the road from each other we're you know oddly enough we're in different conferences so we'll never play each other so we need to come up with a little um you know just a little cup that we can play for preseason every year so um because they're i mean i don't know if you're aware or not but they're an hour and 45 minutes away from us and they basically drew the line of the conferences right in between us so it's crazy but uh anyway so so i you know we came up with this little cup that we could play and basically the first year we we're just going to iron out kinks on yeah. each other just kind of trial and error really yeah, the home the first home game for each of us. And leading up to that game, I had absolutely, you know, no clue what to expect. I didn't know if I was going to have 50 people or, you know, 500. Um I had a in my head, I had I was hoping for, you know, 500 to 750 people show up. I was like, you know, if I can the cost of our stadium and everything on my budget. I was like, you know, if I can hit that number consistently with, uh, you know, throughout the season, this thing will stay afloat. So, um, so anyway, you know, I, I reached out to food trucks and to everything. I was just like, I got to create some sort of a draw just to get people. Yeah. The environment the needs to be able to, you know, yeah. bring people yeah. in once, but so, then have to be fun enough to keep people coming back. Even if the soccer yeah. might not be that great. Right. And I, I don't know how familiar you are with our whole little setup, but I mean, we play in this massive stadium that's right in the middle of Little Rock. That's, I mean, it's got a huge parking lot. So um, the Razorbacks play there once a year. It, it seats, like 55,000 people. So, oh, wow. I, yeah, and it's got a huge parking lot. This big golf course surrounds it. So it's just this big park atmosphere. And um, so anyway, I was like, I've just got to get people here, and then hopefully they you know, buy the $10 ticket and come in, and we have a good time. So leading up to that game, the uh, you know, I 
had my parents work in the ticket window. I didn't <laughs> you have you have all these crazy volunteers that reaching out to you. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna let you know someone I don't know handle the cash and everything. So I put my parents in there, and um, anyway, I printed like a thousand paper tickets. Um, just uh, we just used business cards, um, just same day business cards from yeah. Staples, and uh, used those for our game day tickets. And, uh, so I've printed a thousand of those and the new, the media started showing up and they wanted to report live from, you know, different spots outside. So I was going, <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. And none of them told me they were coming. They just all of a sudden showed up. So I'm getting called and pulled from all these different directions because they're wanting to report like live, you know, we're going to be on air at 526 for the sports segment or whatever and so I like have to be there and um my my phone starts blowing up and I can't answer it so I finally get done with all that and I look down and it, my mom had just blown me up a ton of times so I called her back and she's like hey we're out of tickets what I was, like, I was like you're kidding me and she was like no so I had to call my 17 year old nephew to fly to the stadium and he stands at the gate where they're accepting tickets, and he's grabbing stacks of them and running them back to the <laughs> ticket window. Reselling so them. Yeah. So yeah, so we're recycling tickets. So that first game, I mean, I took photos and, um, you know, got with the stadium the Monday after and was getting, like, section, uh, you know, how many people that each section can hold. And we basically came up with there was four to five thousand people at that game. Wow, that's incredible. And yeah, and we had sold no season tickets, so basically everybody bought that ten dollar ticket. And so, I mean, I had all of this cash at the end of the night, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I feel like a drug dealer." How could you? <laughs> how could you have anticipated a crowd like that, especially well, since didn't. you know, to your own to your own admission, it's not a huge soccer town. No, no. I mean, these people just came out of nowhere. Uh, it was so bizarre, you know. And so, you know, we went through the whole season and had about 3,000 people a game. And, um, you know, it's kind of – I've heard you kind of go through that little freshman year thing where uh, you get a honeymoon where people just show up and start kind of kicking the tires. Yeah, and, see what this um, thing is all know, about and all that. Yeah, and, you know, it's not for everybody. So, um, you know, we've kind of leveled out, and we get about 2,500 to, to about 2,500. That um, is madness. On average to our games. So, And that's so, – uh, yeah, <laughs> We just had no idea that these people were in the city. Yeah. Um, what a surprise. It, that's that's yeah. fortuitous for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish I could say, I, you know – studied it and was some sort of mad genius on figuring this thing out but no i've just been really lucky <laughs> <laughs> so we we've talked at length uh, when we met about how you know the ins and outs of of building a team and you know we, we also talked about um how our challenges are different from your challenges but um you know one of the things that I, i'm interested in learning about a little bit more is you know how you know you build your roster for your, for your team. I mean, we're a little bit unique. Um, actually we're very unique being that we only have, we only take Minnesota based players, but what does your process look like for when you and your coaches are looking to put a team together? 
Yeah, so um, right here in our area, there's basically uh, one D1 college, and it's about um, 30 minutes away from Little Rock. <clears throat> and um, they're the only D1 men's program in the state. So um, obviously, we, we have a, a good relationship with the coach there. And um, then there's a bunch of other smaller schools right around that are um, either D3 or uh, NAIA. So we get a lot of, we've got a, a lot of international players, but most of them are from schools here. So, you know, we're, we're I guess we're quasi-local, <laughs> if that makes sense. So um, last year we brought in two guys. We housed two guys, our goalkeeper and um, one guy that came from year one, and uh, he's a unique story. I mean, we've got this kid from Brazil, from Rio, Brazil, who goes to school at Seton Hall, up, you know, right outside New York City. And this coming summer, I mean, he most like I would assume he's coming back since we've made the U.S. Open Cup this year. But um, this will be his fourth year to come and spend his summer in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, you know, with Every you know he's playing for D1 Seton Hall in New York City basically and could go home and to Rio to play over the summer if he wanted to and he chooses to come play for us which you know that, that's kind of my chamber of commerce uh, sales right, right. down here you know but um, those he and our goalkeeper were the only two guys we housed this past year so you know they're either they're either local kids that have gone off and are playing college somewhere outside the state and then they come home for the summer or they're guys that are um, in local colleges here and are just, you know, going to stay, stay through the summer and play for So, it, so it is pretty similar to what we have um, being, you know, we have, we don't have a division one program in our state at all. And oh, wow. um, for, for men. So like the university of Minnesota mm -hmm. has a, as a club team, but we have a very, um, a very rich, um, very competitive uh, Division three conference in, in mm -hmm. the MIAC in in Minnesota, and and there's a lot of Division one talent that, that that chooses to stay home, and right. or what we've seen is a lot of guys who go away to smaller Division one schools like Bradley or Northern yeah. or uh, Eastern Michigan or um, or um, the, the Illinois schools, and then they end up coming back to play Division three because the academics are so so good. And they get to yeah. come back home, so yeah. it does sound it does sound fairly familiar. So, as we also know, running an organization has it's a lot of work, and there's a ton of challenges. And tossing the challenge of of operating in a uh, you know minor league soccer, where it's either NPS or there NPSL or there's something else, yeah, um, it, it can really drive you nuts. Um, also, throw in on top of that, you you guys have a, a WPSL team and a youth academy. And suddenly this that's is so like much a, stuff. It's a full time job, right? So <laughs> yeah, so, that's so much stuff for considering you were just like, hey, you know, we just wanted to give our kids a role model at to see show yeah, them what some higher yeah. league soccer looks like. So how yeah, how, and... how so how has your club grown to accommodate that that bigger vision? And and what are the challenges of overcoming that kind of stuff? Yeah. Well. So, you know, I'm sure you guys can relate to it, too, how, how small the soccer world is and how supportive the soccer world is. So, you know, there is a, a soccer world here. It's just smaller. And, you know, once once news got out that I was starting this thing, people people did start reaching out to me and they were like, look, I don't 
I don't want any money. I don't want anything. I just want to be a part. Just give me a role. So yeah. I've been very lucky and uh, fortunate to have these people. I mean, our head coach has not, ex- you know, he's gotten paid very minimal, but he puts in the time. He goes and recruits these players. I, I really don't get into the player part of it. Um, I, I, honestly, I don't. I don't know enough, um, I, and and I don't have the time to. Um, I, I, you know, I deal with the social media part, the business grows. I try to, you know, go out and get whatever sponsorships I can, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I deal, I, you know, I, I like the, the designing of the uniforms. I like that fun stuff. And, um, I, you know, I leave the, I leave the technical and the, the, the soccer stuff to the coach and we've been. That is uh, once again. I, I've been lucky. We've got a um, an international player that that married a, a local girl, and he he's from Nova Scotia, and he's played he played over in Europe forever, and then he ended up um, coming back here and playing MLS at the Galaxy, and then retiring at uh, Chivas USA. And once he retired, um, you know his his wife they had then gotten married. She went to school at USC. And uh, they had gotten married at that time, and she said, okay, you know, we're going home now. And he's like, okay, where's that? So, <laughs> so they ended up, uh, you know, moving back here. And once I found out he was here, I was like, well, I got to figure out how to get this guy involved. So I just, kind <laughs> yeah. of, I, just bl- I just, blindly reached out to the guy, and um, uh, we, you know, we've become really good friends, and we're, we're uh, you know, basically have these in the the youth program it's set up as a completely separate entity you know it kind of shares the same name but it's a completely separate entity that we're 50 50 mm-hmm. in and so he's he's co-owner of it and um he's basically the the soccer guy and um i'm everything else so real so, quick uh, let's let's talk about this women's this women's squad because <laughs> it's not only are you running the you've got the youth academy like you mentioned you've, you've got this squad playing in the, in the WPSL. What is it uh-huh. like running two programs, essentially, and, and overseeing two programs? And what are some unique challenges and rewards that you get on this WPSL side of, of things that you don't get out of the out of the men's squad? Well, you know, after our first season, or really not even after, during our first season, um, people were coming up to me left and right. They were like, you know, when are you going to do a women's team? When are you going to do a women's team? Just <laughs> like, like, oh, like, whoa, chill out. We just yeah, started. I was, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm, my, head, my head is still spinning. I hadn't even, <laughs> you know, thought about that. Um, and, you know, so I, uh, I looked into it a little bit. And, it, you know, it's relatively at least, you know, in comparison to the NPSL, it's um, it's really pretty inexpensive to, to join, and um, all of the mainly, well, I'll take that back. There's three um, three D one women's schools here, and then the you know the, you've got the D three and the NAIA schools as well. Um, so the you know the the player pool is here. Or so I thought, and um, so you know this. The first year we uh, we you know we talked to all the local schools and got these girls to stay and play, and um, you know I housed a bunch of them, 
and uh, was hoping that, you know, that we'd have some decent, you know, I wasn't expecting men-sized crowds, but I was hoping for some decent-sized crowds. Man, it was, uh, if you, you know, if you're thinking of doing it, it you've got to do it for um, growth of the sport. Do not look at it as a financial thing, um, or at least, you know, trying to make money, because you just can't. And um, it, it, it's been... It's it's been a struggle to be honest. Um, it's it's completely different, and I'm, I, you know, I, I, being a, a male, I'm trying to, um, I, I guess, choose my words correctly here because I, it, it, you're just dealing with different personalities. I mean, you're dealing with different DNA. It, it's just. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the guys come in and they get in the locker room and, you know, they start goofing off and, you know, everything kind of goes out the door. You know, they're all just focused on winning that game. And from my experience and, you know, we, we had two female coaches and they both, you know, this came from them. The, the women don't, they it's still it's it's more of a it's not really i can't i'm i'm like i said i'm trying to choose my words wisely here it it, it it's not a it's more of a social thing but i mean they're still competitors but they they carry a lot of it so there's just a lot the locker room can just get weird i guess and <laughs> yeah. the, you know it, it's it, it it has been a struggle because i can't be in there you know i can't go in there and so you know you don't know what the coach is saying it, it's just it's been it's been tough <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to figure out the whole dynamic of it um well that was kind of i mean that's kind of the root of the question is there's so many so many different variables operating you know, not only the women's squad, but the youth academy and the men's team. Like, yeah. it's very and, surprising and, how, how quickly you've grown over the last, you know, three years already. It's just, uh, it, it feels like, you know, well, and you're due, you you're due a couple to, knocks once in a while. <laughs> yeah, and you just, you have to, I mean, my advice to anyone out there, if, if you do the, you know, if, if you're a male like I am and you're the general manager, you definitely need to have someone um, other than just the coach. Uh, you need basically a female general manager, I guess I should say that that kind of oversees that whole process. Because, like I said, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't go into the locker room. I can't, you know. There's just so many things that you don't really think about, and it's not like I can go up and put my arm around one of these uh, players and just be like, you know, Hey, how are things going? You know, cause they're not, I'm, I'm a 44 year old dude and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're just not going to open up to me like they would maybe, you know, a, a female general manager or someone more, maybe their age that they can relate to. So that's been some of the struggles. Um, and you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out, 2019. I mean, both our 2017 season and our 2018 season, both were not successful at all because we just, um, you know, they, they finally started um, playing better and, you know, we would pick up some wins, but it was always, you know, two games left in the season. So, right. you know, I'm still just trying to figure out, um, you know, the best, the best solution for that. And, um, I don't know if it's building building a, a women's program that that feeds off of a, a youth club that 
um, the youth club basically feeds it as a kind of reunion yeah. team. When you, when you have girls that go off to college and then they come home and play. Um, but, you know, our youth programs aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. We're not producing enough of that um, talent yet. Well, I think before you, you mentioned kind of started talking about how things are going on in the field. But before we get into that, I think, as you know, John and I are um, our ad guys and Dan uh-huh. Budeman is also an advertising guy. And we've talked right. on the show a number of times about how super sweet your club's design is. And we pointed out to your fan uh-huh. base some of your cool merch. Um, so I want to talk about your crest first. Um, uh-huh. You've got your two, you got the two deer, you've got the pine right. trees. We definitely appreciate how different it is from, you know, all the generic FC crests that we see. Can you explain the significance and the symbolism on your crest to us a little bit? Yeah. So I, you know, my, I guess my background, I have a landscape architecture degree, so I have somewhat of a, you know, artistic graph, graphic design background but um you know nothing nothing structure and marketing or anything like that where i'm trying to sell a brand um yeah but i i knew that's okay going in, I, <laughs> we won't hold it I against knew, you yeah <laughs> i just you know i knew going into this that i needed to um you know create some some merchandise that people here even if they weren't soccer fans they could relate to so obviously you, you know you just drift to the the local you know quote unquote local thing that that's going on so i mean yeah we're in arkansas so there's a lot of hunting and there's a lot of nature and (laughs) so i just you know just tried to come up with something along those lines and um you know the the white-tailed deer is our state mammal and the um the the pine tree the conifer is basically our our state tree so I just wanted to incorporate those, and you know, there's a little bit of symbolism, and as far as the reflective, uh, the way the deers are kind of uh, reflecting off of each other, there's a Little Rock is kind of split into two metropolitan areas. There's Little Rock and North Little Rock, mm-hmm. and the Arkansas River runs through, um, runs right right through, and basically divides the city. So you know, there's a little bit of um, you know both of the communities on either side are, are basically the same size. Little Rock may be a little bit bigger, but the North Little Rock side is kind of a little bit more sprawling. And, um, you know, the north side of the river, I guess I should say. And um, so, you know, and then you have Fayetteville even up there on the north side of the river. So, you know, it's just kind of, we, we thought that doing the mirrored deers like that kind of mirrored the way that the, the river divided the, yeah, the state. Yeah, Kind of, kind of two equal parts. You know, we just kind of got a little. I don't know. We may have thought too much into it, but we were just having fun when so we were doing that. You guys did the design yourself, or did you hire? Uh, my you know, wife, did you get lucky and find and someone? I, no, no. My wife and I did it over coffee one Saturday morning. I'll just grab, <laughs> grab some, grab some paper and a couple pencils, and see what you can come well, up with and yeah, throw it on the computer. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I've got all the programs, and um, I actually drew it, drew the original one in CAD. So, um, oh wow. Yeah. So it 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 all kind of just it grew really quickly there. Um, we didn't really have anything in mind, and then I went to the you know the the famous Chattanooga, New York Cosmos, uh, MPSL championship game, and uh, you know all twenty thousand of us that were there. And, um, 
you know, after after that game, you know, I was like, all right, if they can do it in Chattanooga, I can, you know, I'm not going to get 20,000 people to my games. But, I, you know, if they can do it there, I can create something and do it here because they're in football country too. So, um, so anyway, after we did that, um, came back and, yeah, we just designed the crest, started, you know, opened the social media accounts and – um, so, you know, so do you guys? Kind of, um, it's looking cool. So, do you guys uh, also design all your merchandise as well, or do you do you have help with that? Yeah. So I I've got a after after we got going and everything, I had a, a younger uh, graphic graphic design um, artist uh, reach out to me who works for a local ad firm here. He's he's in his early thirties and he's a former soccer player. He played for the D one school uh, here in uh, it's University of Central Arkansas. And he, um, he reached out to me and just said, Hey, um, I've got a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a graphic designer here and anything you need help with, I'd be happy to, you know, so we hit it off. And, um, so now I, you know, I'll come up with ideas of what I want to do. Like, you know, the last year's shirt, we had that wire framed deer head type design. I was like, you know, yeah, I'll just go out and. Yeah, I'll go out and just Google some, you know, Google stuff and find some some concepts that I like, and then he, you know, he he does the good part and turns it into, you know, <laughs> turns it into a brandable thing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's basically just he and I that that come up with these ideas, and, and yeah, so and fun. after you know after our success, our first season, I actually just uh, I had a hard time. Uh, you guys can relate on on you know the merchandise part um, you know your inventory you don't want to be stuck with a buttload of jerseys or um, hats or whatever else at the end of the season and it's hard so, to find that balance uh, between running out of yeah, it as fast as you yeah, can print it so I had a hard time finding just screen printers that could you know print um, leading up to games and and deliver on time so i I went out and just bought my own screen printing equipment and yeah. basically taught what? myself how to do that. So, what? so yeah, so yeah, I basically rip all our shirts out here. I've got a little workshop down in the back of my house. So I do all of our t-shirts here. Whoa, that's crazy. Well, now that I'm yeah. hearing that, I expect, uh, I expect something to make its way to Minneapolis in I was December. Say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Send, print an order, man. I'll bring you. I'll bring you all kinds of goodies. All right, print, all right. Print, print my name on the back of the shirt. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's talk turkey now. Um, in the past, like you know, you you mentioned, um, and if you look at the numbers, you guys didn't have massive success on the field, but you definitely improved since 2016, your first year, where you came in seventh place in your conference, and then made a big leap into third place in 2017, um, and then this past year just like gangbusters so yeah. after yeah. after a, a rocky road coming out of the preseason this year uh, i'll throw some stats out there that i don't know if you've actually compiled them and thought about them the way i did but no so way. you lost you <laughs> lost <laughs> yeah so you lost three of your first five matches until you caught the heater of all heaters and then went uh 10 and 2 in your final 12 games so in that time frame you scored 25 goals and gave up six um and that included a stretch of six shutouts what the hell did you put in the water? There, <laughs> yeah, man? like you what turned was going the season on? around on a on a dime there. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, well, you you eventually ran into the buzzsaw that was at, uh, Miami FC, but outside of that, like, holy shit, man! Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, last year, first year, first year, you can just basically throw that out the window. I mean, everybody, everybody involved in the organization, we were just running around just trying to keep our head above water. Um, you know, going into 2017, we, you know, we put more thought into it, but we still, um, you know, we didn't have any kind of relationship with the local well, we did with the one college, but with all the others, we still didn't just fully have the trust that, you know, we were going to take care of their players over the summer and things like that. I heard um, that. So, you know, you saw, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, and we finished, it, it seems like, I can't remember exactly, but it seems like we finished quite a bit of, I know we finished 2016 on the road, and oddly enough, we went on a huge winning streak there. But, um 2017, it seemed like we had some tough games on the road to end the season. I know we we ended the season, the regular season at Tulsa and lost and turned around and had to go right back up there on a Wednesday um, for the uh, playoff game. And, uh, you know, that we were just tired and, and, um, and done at that point. Um, so this year when I was making the schedule, I just decided that um, we would try to, to flip it a little bit. And let's, let's go on the road early and, um, you know, get some of these tougher road games, the, you know, the Tulsa and the Wichita, um, try to get them, uh, you know, on the road early. We're not going to have our – you know, great college guys available at the same time, but they aren't either. So, um, anyway, I just, I just decided to flip it and just see what would happen. So we went on the road early and, um, you, you, we did, we lost, but, um, the Wichita game was really close. We, uh, it was tied all the way up until the 89th minute and they, um, they tapped in a goal there in the 90th basically. And, uh, you know, beat us two to one. So, um, that, that game really was, it was a tie as far as I was concerned. Um, and then the, uh, you know, we, we finished basically the rest of the stuff at home. We sprinkled in the other away games, but we just, um, we just started gelling and we had a great chemistry, the team, the team that we had this past year. I mean, it, it was fun from the very first game. There was no one, you know, you know how it is. The locker room can just, it can take one, one person to turn that locker room sour. And, uh, we just, uh, we, we didn't have that this year. We just, it was, it was an awesome, awesome experience. We, uh, we call that the brotherhood here. Yeah. In the, the brotherhood is real. I mean, we, yeah. we, we had the same thing, you know, in our first year of existence playing in the, uh, the premier league of America, we finished, uh, a disappointing third place and missed the playoffs in our conference. And then last year we thought that we had on paper, the team that would, uh, would, would win the league. And, and we mm -hmm. built a, we built the team for our old league and we, uh, we finished another disappointing third. But then last year we, like you said, you, you kind of retrospectively look at what, what didn't work. And then you try to change right. the little things. And then we ended up going undefeated and, and the rest is history, I guess. So, I, I totally get it, man. So real outside, quick, yeah. Oh, real John, real quick before we we jump into into this, uh, you mentioned all the teams. You you know when you talk about you go to Tulsa, you go to Wichita. Your uh -huh. conference, the Heartland Conference, is 
geographically huge. Yeah. How yeah. Did, you, did you plan for travel expenses, or how did you end up dealing with traveling from <laughs> basically the middle of Arkansas all the way over to Tulsa, all the way into yeah. Wichita, Kansas, up into Missouri? Like it's a it's a large four state re- region there between Arkansas, yeah. Missouri, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Yeah, it is. Um, Wichita is brutal, and we, you know, we added St. Louis, which is basically uh, the same distance <laughs> as Wichita is. I mean, yeah. that's a six-hour. That's another planet. Both of those are, <laughs> yeah, both of those are, are six-hour trips, and um, Tulsa's four, a little over four. Um, yeah, our shortest trip is to Northwest Arkansas, which is two and a half hours. Um, that's for Ozark we, FC. Yeah, yeah, um, but we we got. Uh, Fortunately, we got gifted a bus. We've got a 36 passenger bus. Now it's an old, what? you know, you got a yeah, mega bus. An, Shit, man. <laughs> it's an old, it's an old beater, and the the air conditioner is kind of touch and go. But uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which which in the south can be pretty brutal. But, yeah. Um, you know, we uh, we just stay hydrated on the bus, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it, it's um, I think that's one of those things too that. Yeah, it sucks right now for those guys, and they bitch about it. But you know, it's one of those things. When they get to be my age, they'll look back at it, and that's part of the, you know, <laughs> it's gonna be part character. of the memory. You know, you, yeah. yeah, they're gonna they're gonna laugh about it. You remember that time it was so hot, we were stuck to the seat. You know, stuff <laughs> like that. You know. So see, uh, we uh it, we make fun of the only team in our conference that has a bus, but we all envy <laughs> the bus. Yeah, man, if we could roll yeah. up in that mega bus, that'd be well, sweet. Uh, yeah, well, let me. T- I mean, ours is definitely a very blue collar bus. We're not. We're, not, uh, <laughs> we're uh, you know, that we probably would be um, in better better shape if we just rented two fifteen passenger vans. But <laughs> yeah, with some um, solid AC. Yeah, but you know, anyway, it is what it is. We uh, we joke that uh, the, the team that I, I won't name the team out of respect, but I think everyone listening from our end knows who I'm talking about. Uh, we joke because they, they came down here and we beat them 5 nothing and sent them on their way that uh, the, the Wi-Fi must have busted on the way to, to the stadium because they, they weren't playing very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the run that you guys went on and, you know, it, mm-hmm. obviously it was it was one for the record bro- books, but outside of the running into the, the professional buzzsaw of Miami FC in the playoffs, what was the most memorable moment for you this past season? Um, it was probably it'd have to be the Laredo trip. Um, well, it was it was you know that whole stretch. So we played. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with that stretch of ours, but we you know so we we beat Tulsa and Little Rock on a Wednesday night. We had to Wichita won as well. So and they were first place. So they they hosted us on Saturday night. So we went to Wichita and went through uh we won in penalties um so you know and they they start their game up there at 7 30 so gosh it you know it was it was 11 30 or so before we were even getting out of the locker room and uh yeah and so the thing is is um you know back when the agm or the a the owner's meeting is going on you know you're these people are throwing out all of these different um you know, scenario, playoff scenarios and whatever, and you're voting on them, you're like, yeah, whatever. If I get there, I'll worry about it then. So you vote one way <laughs> right, or the other. Yeah. Well, apparently I had voted 
to um, or agreed to didn't make a big deal about it. But the um, you know the the regional semifinal, the Laredo game, um, was to be on a Tuesday night. So we had to be from Wichita on you know basically midnight on Saturday night. We had to be in Laredo which is a 12-hour drive from Little Rock in the completely opposite direction um, by Tuesday. You know, and, and, <laughs> and, and real, yeah, and realistically, we wanted to get there on Monday so that, you know, we could sleep there and wake up Tuesday there. So, you know, Sunday is shot because everything is closed. You can't, you know, I couldn't plan or do anything. So, um, you know, I had to wake up Monday morning and immediately just, start calling charter bus places because there's no no way we were taking our bus right. 12 hours. <laughs> um, the mega so, bus was not making it yeah 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 the rangers rangers bus was not making that trip so <laughs> um so anyway uh you know so that was just such a fiasco just act you know getting down there but we did and that game goes uh you know into extra time and uh, we end up winning that one in extra time. We didn't go to penalties. But um, I guess my most memorable part, though, was being, you know, there's a handful of us that made the trip down there to watch it. And, uh, you know, after we won and all the players take off and start yelling at each other on the bench and, you know, jumping, doing their thing over there, I'm up in the stands and I see our goalkeeper, Waleed, and uh, he and I had a pretty good relationship. And um, he's he's pointing at me from the field and walking towards me. And uh, you know he he he's this uh, he's uh, born in Morocco, but he's he, or his parents are Moroccan, but he's uh, he's Spanish. He was born in Spain. And so uh, he kind of he you know I get I make my way to him, jump over the fence that's you know surrounds the field and everything and get to him and you know we have this big hug and everything and he said i'm so sorry but you must take me to miami now and so you know that, 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 um so that that kind of just will always you know he he knew he knew the struggles that i was going through like you know oh my gosh now i gotta get these guys to miami by friday because he knew how much of a struggle it was getting them to Laredo by Tuesday so anyway that that just always that was a little moment I guess that we shared that um you know kind of really stuck and then you know when we got to Miami we were so out of gas uh just uh, flying out of Little Rock was basically impossible and there was no way no way we were getting on all of us getting on one plane so we're all leaving on Thursday and everybody's going in different directions. Some are connecting in Dallas, some are connecting in Charlotte and Atlanta and all these places to get down to Miami, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm the guy in charge. I'm in charge of all these college kids. So, you know, you flew flew private, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, I took took the Rangers bus. Yeah. yeah, Right. (laughs) No. So, um, you know, I've got all these kids. I'm like, you know, when you, when you get to Dallas, you know, shoot me a text and let me, so, you know, I'm just, I'm dealing with all that and we get there and I could just tell, you could tell the guys were just out of gas. I mean, both games right, going to yeah. extra time and um, they knew that we were going into a professional team 
and uh, yeah, you know, they, and then our first, I guess the first eight or nine minutes of the game, our, you know, our big offensive threat goes down with a hamstring injury. So it was, uh, yeah. They're, just, they're, the air kind of came out of the balloon. Yeah. That, yeah. The magic, the magic was over. So, uh, but you know, gosh, if you had told me that we were going to finish in the top eight, you know, in our third season of existence. I mean, we, we weren't even a club team or anything. I mean, we just built this from zero in 2016. So, you know, if you'd, uh, if you'd told me that we'd be here, I would have, you know, never have believed it. So now we've just got to, you know, I don't expect us to have the same results this year. I mean, you've got to be realistic. You're not going to get the same guys back. And, you know, it's still D4 soccer. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, exactly. The, fourth, um, you know, the, the infamous fourth tier. Yeah, so, you know, that door is revolving <laughs> and everything. But we just got to keep, you know, putting a quality product out there on the field and stay competitive, you know, and uh, just keep keep going. Well, now is the time of the show where we go through the world-famous Lupient Automotive Speed Round. Yeah. So, um, oh boy, uh, the average human spends uh, on, or the, the average human spends on average th- thirty-seven thousand nine hundred forty hours in their car. So, why would you ever drive an uncomfortable beater? We have just the folks for you to help you out with that, to put your butt in a better seat. Uh, head on down to Golden Valley and check out the inventory or go online to lupient.com for all things car. Okay, Jonathan, so here's how things work. Ten questions. Uh, I I cannot go to the next question until you answer, so please respect the fact that it's called the speed round and not take okay. forever. <laughs> but I ask everybody, do you need – what's that? I was just going to say, is my question or is my answer have to be accurate, or do I just have to answer it? Just answer. You just, you just have to answer. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can. Okay. I mean, you can try, but you know, okay. definitely don't don't take five minutes per question here. Sure. Um, sure. So before I ask everyone beforehand, do you need to stretch? Do you want to like get another beer or another <laughs> another another bourbon? Or are we good to go? No, we're good. Let's go. All right. Question number one. What is the name of this famous Oscar-winning actor turned farmer's insurance spokesperson? Ooh, I know who that is. Uh, uh, <laughs> dude with a real deep voice, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I can't remember. He was on that uh, military drama on TV. I remember seeing. Uh, um. Am I just supposed to make up a name? I mean, at this point, if you don't know it, it's just toss something out there and, and hope you strike some uh, some Little Rock Ranger gold. Uh, uh, I want to say he's even got like a middle initial in there that he goes by. Oh, there's to. initials. Like, there's initials, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, J.M. Williams. Who knows? I mean, you're not far off. It's J.K. Simmons, but he, but uh, the J.K. stands for Jonathan Kimball Simmons. Uh, question oh. number two. This Scottish word loosely translates to the the watcher of the hill. Oof. Um, watcher of the hill. Um. Mm-mm-mm. 
don't know this one either. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know any like Scottish. <laughs> as, soon as, as, as soon as I tell you the answer, it's going to make a lot of sense. Yeah, and we're the Rangers, ironically. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to think like back to my, you know, watching Braveheart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> channel, channel my inner William Wallace. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. All right. So I'll give you a pass on that one. The, the answer is Wardlaw. So if you're, if you're following along, oh. it's Jonathan Kimball Simmons and okay, okay. Ward. So could... Yeah. So basically, okay. Yeah. So basically um, we do this every time we do the speed round and no one's ever mm-hmm. figured out that we do the first, the person's first name, last name in our two questions. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so uh, number three, what's the first great soccer moment that you remember? that i guess that i that i witnessed would be gosh i I guess it would be maybe maradona's i mean it's kind of infamous but i guess it was maradona's hand of god that's a good one yeah kind of memorable um you know whether it's good or bad but um that's one that really kind of burned in my head I, i just remember seeing it being like you know as a as a you know as a player i guess we all kind of are like you know you do what you got to do to win but at the same time you know (laughs) he blatantly cheated so um you know you're not cheating you're not trying right yeah yeah (laughs) all right so number four the the loblolly pine is the official state tree of arkansas and now knowing that you're a landscape architect what is your second favorite tree hmm well Let's see. Um, I really like uh, I like a Leland cypress. You know what a Leland cypress is? I don't, but I'm gonna have to look it up. Okay. <laughs> the Leland cypress. All right, good, it's an, good it's answer. A, yeah, it's a it's it's a fellow evergreen tree. It stays green year round. So. Nice. Well, being here in the in the great north, maybe I'll have to. Oh, it's like an Edward Scissorhands tree. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So, uh, so number five, we asked this of all of our guests. Um, if you were stranded on a desert island and could have one condiment for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, mustard. M- mustard. Weird. I, Gross. Like, like, the, like, like standard yellow or like a specific? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just plain old mustard. <sighs> nice. Well, we, we always... I think I... What's that? I was just going to say, I think I could stay hydrated on that. <laughs> we yeah, always yeah. say there are no wrong answers, but there if are. it was if it was sweet relish, it would have been a wrong answer. Yeah, our our goalkeeper <laughs> coach our goalkeeper coach aggressively immediately said sweet relish, and that is like our benchmark <laughs> of weird. So, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't so, think yeah, that as a condiment, but I guess it is. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, so uh, number six um, in the ad drop for the speed round, I mentioned how many hours on average a human will sit in their car within a hundred how many hours was it it's like thirty-seven thousand. 
I want to say it was like 37,700 and something, right? That's, you're so close. That's so good. I can't so good. That. Yeah. It was uh, 37,945. Uh, so you, I'll, yeah, give that one. I'll give that one. I'll give that one to you. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. So what's harder to do? Hit a left-handed, a left-footed long ball or throw a left-handed pass? Well, I'm left handed and left footed um, all right so so let's flip it flip it right right handed flip long it. ball and a right handed um, pass oh definitely a right handed pass i can't throw <laughs> right handed yeah. to save my life it, it's so funny that you mentioned that because when when uh right before we 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 brought you onto the show we were talking through our our notes and i and we were, we were like is that a good question and they and i was like what if he's left-handed <laughs> <laughs> we were ready and, for it and it and literally extremely... happened yeah, I'm an I'm an extreme lefty, so I can use my I can use my right foot a little bit. Oh, I was gonna say, what does that even mean? Can't even brush my teeth right-handed. <laughs> it means you have a kick, it means you have a kickstand, is what you're saying. Right, 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 exactly. Uh, all right, so number eight, who was the one person in soccer that you looked up to or that provided you with like a unique perspective that really stays with you today? Huh. Um. You know, I, I guess kind of I mean, being in that, that era, it was kind of Maradona um, just because of, uh, you know, he was he was a small guy like me. And uh, I think I even read somewhere like he wore. Now, I, I think he I think I read that he like crammed his foot in it, but like he he would play in like size five or size six shoes just um, to, uh, you know, have have just such a. a close touch with the ball i guess but um anyway you know us us, us small people kind of stick together so. <laughs> it, it's so funny that's why all soccer players have crooked toes when they stop playing because they, <laughs> you always try to cram your foot into that small right. cleat <laughs> yeah but i mean like a size five that's like crazy small yeah that's like doll feet <laughs> um, all right so number nine everybody gets one of these it's a would you rather question so would you rather begin every sentence with hey idiot or end every sentence with haha just kidding Oof. um wish i could have used my pass on this one um, <laughs> i'm i'm a i'm a nice guy so i would never start with hey idiot but at the same time i'm just never gonna say ha kitty <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go with "Hey, idiot!" and just assume. Eventually, people would be like, "That's just the guy that started. starts everything with a hey, idiot." With hey, idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You you become just like that, just that guy. He so doesn't mean it. Yeah, yeah. If I ended yeah. everything with "hot kidding." I mean, I'd get beat up everywhere. I went. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last question, and uh, we we started to ask this one often, especially when we have uh, ownership on. Um, if you were the president of USSF, what's the one thing you would change in soccer? Oh gosh, um, really? I mean, I know, I know, in us, in our D four realm, um, I, everybody goes automatically to the pro rail thing. But really and truly, I wish um, U.S. soccer would would focus more on um, the youth side of things and the grass and the grassroots side of things in particular. Especially being here in Arkansas and, you know, kind of the middle America, all the flyover states. And there's just, a, you know, a lot of rural rural areas that, um, you know, there's so much potential for the sport to grow. 
because you you know you don't need anything it's not like baseball where you got to have someone else out there with you I mean, you know, all these kids need is just a ball and they can go out and figure out, you know, Mm -hmm. what to do. And there's just no growth there, at least in our part of the of the world. No, it's all there's no Um, opportunity for that. It's all drills from age eight on. Yeah. So that that, I guess that's what I wish U.S. soccer would focus more on with the um, with the state associations rather than at least in Arkansas. You know, our state association is. really focused on trying to create leagues and, um, you know, manage leagues and kind of manage clubs and things like that. And being like, being like a governing body, so to speak, I I would much rather see them focus on growing the sport and Stuttgart, Arkansas. You're saying they should just focus on growing play. Yes. Introduce the sport to areas that it is, like non-existent in yeah and no, i i you agree know, and um you know less focus on you know creating leagues and going out and playing games the games will you know they'll make themselves i mean you know stuttgart you go there and create a, a culture and uh get some kids interested in the sport well yeah they're gonna want to make a team and yeah they're gonna want to go play people so mm-hmm. they're gonna figure that out on their own um, that's kind of where I wish U.S. soccer would would focus. I like that. I, I like it too. Well, well, you made it through. I promise. There's there's no more hard hitting questions. I, I'm really looking forward to sharing some some beers and some good food in a few months with you during the owners meeting yeah, in I Minneapolis. Can't wait. And, yeah, I can't uh, wait to and, get up there. And I'm also interested in seeing what crazy gadget Dennis Crowley brings this year, so that you can charge <laughs> your cell phone off of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that like blew my mind you know me from 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 arkansas and he he like stole something off a subway, like, out of a subway. like a, it was like a i mean not like a subway restaurant like a subway like you know transit place that like it's the like charge a your charging cell phone. yeah it's like a charging device that you like grab and then you use it until it's empty and then you turn it back in and i was like what the hell i mean i'm uh, i'm I'm just i'm from a different country i guess Uh, i i had to toss it in because that was one of my favorite moments from new orleans that i that i definitely remember (laughs) i'll tell you what you guys every listener is gonna love that inside joke (laughs) well hey you know what it's, it's not about them. It's about it's about Jonathan and I. So, anyways, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, had had some fun here tonight, and like I said, look, really looking forward to uh, to connecting up again in a couple months. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, and 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 thanking of uh, including me in your show. I mean, that, you know, we're we're doing what we can down here to go to grow the sport, and uh, you know, by by being able and being recognized by you guys, it really uh, you know it makes it worthwhile. Hey man, it sounds like you caught lightning in a bottle, so we're happy to uh, happy to talk with you about it. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, have all a right, good night. awesome man, thanks, dude. That is all for this week, folks. Again, a big thanks to Jonathan Wardlaw from Little Rock Rangers for joining us. But as always, we want to thank our sponsor, Summit Brewing. It is bonfire season, and if you're like me, you're out back with a fire going any chance you get. And you are in luck, because Summit was thinking of you with their newly released Bonfire Box. The name speaks for itself. They are It's full of perfect brews that you're going to sip while you stare into the flames. 
contemplating all the mysteries of the universe. Head like to your how, local... to, how to build a soccer team? <laughs> Head to, like, how do you build a soccer team and have 3,000 people show up out of nowhere, unplanned? End <laughs> <laughs> <And> the media. <laughs> oh, my God. Head to oh. your local liquor store and buy six boxes. Some brewing, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it is time to give to the club that gives back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us playing in parks and community centers all around the city and consider a tax-deductible donation to a true city-focused organization. Hey, memberships, they're available for 2019, and they are on sale at 60 bucks if you get it... if and. Just for a limited time. And you get a ticket to every home game. You get a fancy new membership scarf. And you get a say in club decisions. Word on the street is, John, in my email inbox, a vote on something big is coming up next week. So grab your membership ASAP if you want in on deciding a little bit of the club's future. Visit mplscitysc.com for more information. If you want to, like Bryn, it's easy to hit us up. You can email us at mcscpodcast at gmail.com and we'll answer your email question on the air. Or you can tweet at us at the People's Pitch and we will most likely like your tweet, retweet it, and tweet back at you with some sort of an animated GIF. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And if we remember, we might feature it on the show, like I said. And that is all for this week. Once again, we're going to leave you with our house MC, Miles Stockman Willis, a.k.a. Malaise. We've got another original track for you called... When you fall, I am Nate. That has been John. And until next time, fam. You got hooked. Isn't always fixable, yeah. but I see what's invisible. See it. Effects, visuals, grab my hand, hold it. We gon' think the unthinkable. I promise we will float that our boat's unsinkable. I promise that I'ma drown in you. Drown. Let you drown in me. me. Reveal the recipe. You I love to overfeed. I love it. Let's proceed slowly. Not go bad like moldy. No. Ravioli, rigatoni. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Free. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Temptation's about to give in, but I'm staying true. If I sin, may I be forgiven for a few. What we got to lose? You just gotta listen. Such a good girl. Just made a bad decision. One and done, she looking fine. Nothing missing, but got my hands tied like I'm the villain. Evil only swallows pride, but I'm sometimes kidding. Finger liquor kitty after, be the kitten. Cute shit, kiss me softer than a baby's grip. New sense of high when she bites her lower lip. 
If she quit, make my heart skip, then snip When we're together like ice cream mixed with some mint Pepper, shawty had to rescue my respiratory yeah. Wants a man, who's a man that is mandatory Only without her off the path, like I never met with Dory Matter. Help her write her story, take the qualms out her quarry uh. Girl, I'm free, falling for you Still, temptation follows free Just tell me when you fall for me, please Just tell me when you fall Girl, I'm free, falling for you any trouble without any proof no problems if there was make the puzzle poof laugh it up goofballs you should see the spoof girl i'm free falling for you still temptation follows free just tell me when you fall for me please just tell me when you fall free girl i'm free falling for you still temptation follows free just tell me when you fall for me please just tell me when you fall 